Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Whisperer, welcome back. How did we go on the weekend, brother? Mate, oh, I still can't wrap my head around it. Scored nearly 1,400. Dropped ranks. I don't understand it. Uh, not in the slightest. Uh, I know you, Captain Cleary, so you're sitting here on the Zoom call looking smug as ever. Uh, very, very happy, my friend. I, I got pretty lucky, actually. I think I, I mentioned on an earlier podcast, I almost, if Madison would have scored those tries that he absolutely butchered, I probably would have taken his VC just to square up with all the uh, Teddy and Turbo VCs like yourself and Captain's uh but thankfully he didn't, and uh, Cleary, what a performance. That was fucking unreal, wasn't it? 225, hasn't just beaten the record, mate. Absolutely smashed it. You touched on Tedesco. I thought I was an absolute wizard um, when I captained him and, and he come back to form. I thought, you beauty, he's going to update more than Turbo. We're going to look like a genius here. And then uh, the Prince of Penrith absolutely tore my heart out of my chest. Now, mate, obviously we've been talking about for a number of weeks that you know this record, it's got to go at some point, surely. There's been too many guys that have got really close to it. Uh, we've obviously seen Tom Trevojevic get extremely close to it. He's not a goal kicker. Cody Walker holds the record. He's not a goal kicker. Um, there's so many high-end players in Pappenhaus and Nathan Cleary who are consistently right up there. And my God, but the way he goal kicked on the weekend, I think it was eight from eight. I think this one's going to be tough to break. Yeah, it's going to be going to be tough to break. I mean, if, if Tommy Turbo stays in there for a full 80, I think he could go close. But before Cleary um, broke the record... We've seen two scores in the, in the top five this year. So it was bound to break. But if you said to me, name five players that are going to break it, I didn't think Cleary would be one of them, mate. Yeah, right. He, he just was... How about the try he scored where he played the ball and he got it back two seconds later? Like, you just don't... You just don't see that anymore. It is, it is sensational. See, I, I think it's an old Jack Gibson thing that he used to say to his teams that if the man that plays the ball... Uh, scores the try. The team's got to buy him a um, keg of beer. It's a real old school sort of thing. It was great to see. Mate, it's old school. Not old school, but it's like it's uh, it's high level touch footy play. Yeah. So like when you'll, you'll you'll dump it and step out and scoot again. But like the fact that Cleary was so there and aware to to pick the ball up and, and score off that, like it was, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, a lot of people are saying, a, a lot of Penrith fans that I know are saying that he's the most complete footballer of all time. I, I think I still think that's uh, not not true just yet, but he's definitely on course. 
I mean, he's right up there. I mean, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a guy so young have so much responsibility over a team that is just doing so well. I mean, they obviously haven't lifted a trophy yet. I'm well aware of that. I'm not sure if they will this year, but they're going to give it a really good rattle. I mean, like, would it shock you if in five years this guy has three premierships? I mean, he's just got that sort of ability, doesn't he? It wouldn't shock me, but uh, this isn't on the run sheet for the podcast today, but I did want to touch on something like if... If they go another season where they, where they lose one or two games and don't lift the trophy again, like we've got to start questioning Cleary and, and his, I guess, leadership for, for this team. I understand he's so young, but with so much expectation, there has to be some kind of, of deliverance. And this is, mate, where if they don't lift a trophy in the next two years, I mean, the head noise around that, it's going to start to play a part, isn't it? Are we going to see Cleary 2024 signs with the Storm? Oh, just, just, to, just, just to get that elusive ring. Mate, for the sake of... Just just watching on social media how much the people hate the Melbourne Storm because they're successful. Imagine if Cleary walks into that building. Good God, it would just be terrifying, wouldn't it? Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors 2.0, I feel, uh, for a bit of an NBA reference there. And, mate, you know, a, a, another reference back to the um, to the NFL. I think it's the Buffalo Bills. They've got, you know, that, that missing ring series where they were just so good for so long they didn't win a premiership. And at the moment... I mean, you could sort of argue that with the Canberra Raiders. Like, it's going to be terrible if they come out of this period without a premiership. But if the Penrith Panthers don't manage to get one during this area, it would just be chaos, wouldn't it? Well, they've probably got another, realistically, they've probably got another two years, including this one. So probably this year and next year before a lot of contracts start running out, guys that have overperformed are going to start looking for that big payday. So I think time's ticking, but they've got the squad to do it. And I mean, it's now every year they're adding another one or two state of origin players. Like we're likely going to see Jerome Luai. We could see Brian To'o this year. These contracts, their next contracts are just going up and up. You've got the international game growing. And I think that's the most impressive thing about this side. Like if you were to pick a Kangaroos team right now, I mean, you're not having a heap of Panthers considering they've lost, what, two games in two years, essentially. Like a lot of these international players... As the game grows, their contracts are going to get bigger and bigger as well. It's going to be very interesting over the next few years for the Panthers. Yeah, two two really good international forwards there as well, obviously, in Kikau and James Fisher-Harris. So yep. They're going to go underappreciated by the Australian media, but there's plenty of guys there that you could chuck in uh, for the Australian side and just an NRL side in general. Unfortunately, he plays in a position that's stacked, but I think Dylan Edwards' progression has been phenomenal over the last 24 months. I think he's played some of the best footy of his career as well. Mate, another one. I looked at his Supercoach score on the weekend and just went, Jesus how? How did he do that again? He's just he's just so consistent, isn't he? Average 72 or 3 last year, and he's doing something similar this year. So he's definitely one to consider over the buy period. He's not in the run sheet for today, but definitely uh, Dylan Edwards is, is just becoming a key part of that pendant attack. Mate, there's nothing worse on draft day than when you don't have a fullback and you see Dylan Edwards go. You, you know at that point that you're out of the absolute star category and someone has just got the next best. It can be a real killer. As someone that uh, had my first serious draft this year, mate, that's the one position that I prioritise. And um, yeah, if, if you landed Dylan Edwards, it wasn't a bad pick to have. He, he's someone that, that slept on criminally. Mate, let's dive into Supercoach. What did you score this week? Uh, exactly 1367. And like I said, I went down 700 and something spots. But look, I think that's got to be one of the better scores without Captain Cleary. Uh, I feel I put on Tedesco who upgraded to a 131. Like I said, I thought like I was a, a wizard, but... Um, in my key head-to-head matchup, mate, I think it was Charlie Staines and 50 points versus Luai and Toto, and I thought I was home there, and Staines come out and had a worldie, and uh, yeah, it was just too big to run down. Angus Crichton had a bounce-back week, uh, two tries for him. Mitch Barnett crept up to a 53, which I was surprised about. Uh, look, a lot of people are going to put shit on Barry Tilly, but 
look, people get stuff wrong. Uh, I know that. You know that. Uh, Barry Tui obviously didn't have the mail correct this week. Uh, Tavita Pangai Jr., a guy that you and I have been pretty keen on, had a quiet week in 41. Uh, I put the kiss of death back on Isaiah Papali'i. We brought him in this week for a 52. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Ryan Madison with a 74, which was nice, but could have had a lot more if he either passed to Fergo or didn't bomb the try himself. Fergo, another one who bombed a try two weeks in a row. He's got to be nominated for some kind of uh, Oscar. Two weeks in a row of, of great try-scoring celebrations. And uh, a guy that you mentioned there, Isaiah Papali, I, I was shocked. The amount of people that messaged me saying they were captaining him, and I understand the narrative against his old club. He's been doing really well, but... I mean, when you've got Nathan Cleary the game after against the Titans in Magic Round, I don't know. The, like, oh, I didn't expect him to break the record, no doubt about it. But I wouldn't have even ever considered Papali'i over Nathan Cleary in that situation. He was pretty highly uh, captained. And uh, my co-host on the podcast, Joe, he was ranked inside the top 1K and put on Papali'i for, I guess, a little bit of consistency. But, yeah, I mean, he was hooked. Oh, not hooked, but I think he was he, he was given a stint on the sideline, uh, Parramatta up by a fair bit, so I'm not going to read too much into that. But yeah, it, it was a it was a bold captain choice, but it was a safe one uh, looking at, at previous numbers. But he did rely on those attacking stats and did get them this week. But no, I managed to score one thousand five hundred twenty six. Thankfully, got uh, Nathan Cleary in there. Moved up to I think four hundred fourteen season rank. Mate, what I want to ask you is, I've got twenty trades left. Should I be worried? I have eighteen left. I made two this week, so I mean, you've got the same mate. So. Um, it's it's getting to that point where what we're going to use five trades at round 16. I think after round 16, round 17, we should be looking at being nearly done and leaving a couple in the bank for, for the run home. Um, so I wouldn't be too stressed. Just get your team ready for, for that origin period and then after that, look to conserve. So, mate, will, will everyone or do, do you think everyone should be using five trades in that week? Uh, it depends on how hard you're going around 13. So myself, I'm, I'm going pretty hard about that, no secret. And I'll look to clear a lot of Deadwood um, from my side that I've picked in just for that round. So uh, it's it's a situational case, I feel, if you're going to cull some cheapies and get some some NPRs. Mate, let's talk about Sammy Walker, a guy that I know a lot of people are umming and ahhing over. Scored 63 points on the weekend, scored a try, uh, missed a heap of goals, which cost him a number of points. Uh, I guess people are trying to decide. I mean, I, I, I look at his price tag this morning. My God, it is, I think it's 630 or something like that, something very impressive. When do we let go of Sam Walker? Is he a hold for you? Are you getting rid of him? When are you going to do it? I think this is going to this is going to be one that's going to divide a lot of people. And if you are getting rid of him, who are you going to? Look, he's got 133 break even at a price tag of 628k. So he's projected to lose 37k. If he goes back down to 590 or so, I'll still take that and sell that. Uh, but we know Walker can go huge when he when he fires. Uh, didn't have the best game on the weekend, but still pumped out a 63. Uh, I look at that matchup against the Broncos at the SCG. I'm just going to hold one more week, mate. Like, I think this is the matchup that we've been waiting for, and and then we'll be looking at definitely moving him on. Who will you be moving him on to, mate? Who are you looking at? Uh, Jerome Hughes, obviously, is the top prospect, but if money is an issue, happy to downgrade to someone like a Jamal Fogarty or even a Mitch Moses, a straight swap, a guy that I was talking to you about in the direct messages who's playing uh, some of the best c- control footy of his career. So Moses... Um, is that middle tier price Hughes is probably the top tier and then Fogarty if I need to free up the cash obviously all three of those guys play round 13 as well no uh, no shock factor there mate my only worry with Mitch Moses is as you said we've been talking about this for a year or so when people were bagging him for not having the highlights and saying he's shit like he's just developed into a really quality seven my worry with him super coach wise is that 
it doesn't directly, like, how well he's playing, it doesn't produce points in Supercoach. I mean, his game, I thought his game on the weekend was one of the best games I've seen him play. Came up with a 91. We just said Sam Walker was good without being great. He was only 30 points behind him. He probably lost 15 points off goal kicking. I worry that going to Mitch Moses, I just feel like people are going to be disappointed Supercoach-wise there. Mate, two years ago, the uh, the question was Cleary versus Moses. And it's funny how how different those supercoach career paths have gone. Yep. But in terms of like actual halfbacks, I, I think this might be controversial, but I think Moses is the more complete halfback. Uh, I, I still think Cleary takes on the line better and, and provides more more attack. But if you're looking for a steady head, uh, Mitch Moses is definitely not, not a bad guy to have wearing your seven. Mate, what about this conundrum up at Newcastle? Now, you just mentioned Barry Tui, and a lot of people are filthy at him, but and it's the same old thing. You can take 100 shots, hit 99 of them. People will only remember the one that you miss. Uh, Barney, he, we were told he was going to goal kick. Didn't end up being that way. Connor Watson, you're probably looking at a 50-point score, except he got some junk time points at the very end, putting Tyson Brazil over with a nice ball. What do you see now with these two? It's, it's a very... I've already sold Barnett, and seeing him get 53 on the weekend, I mean... I didn't miss out on anything huge there, so I was okay with it. We saw Lachlan Fitzgibbon. I believe he got sin-binned as well. So there's a lot of factors going into this, isn't there? There is. Uh, you know my stance on round 13. I'm just trying to get as many troops in the door as I can. Uh, I've got other issues. I mean, if Barnett gets 53 with Texway kicking the way he did, um, there could be a chance that he gets given back to Barney. But yeah, as for Tui, I mean, if, if anyone's going to give him shit, um, just give yourself an uppercut. The bloke is correct more times than he's not. He's he's nailed on some some pretty big Newcastle mail. And it was just one of those ones where uh, there could have been a game day change. Barnett could have just said, look, I'm not really feeling it or, or whatnot. So um, definitely wouldn't be giving him too much stick. But yeah, look, Watson, uh, of course, I didn't put the reserve on him. I've done it every single week apart from last week. Uh, look, he's now at 471K going upwards. Uh, Barnett is 536 going down, but I've made it no secret on this podcast. My plan's for round 13, but like I said, I'm, I'm playing very different to everyone else. Mate, we've obviously got Teamless Tuesday coming out this afternoon. There is a little rumor around Mitch Barnett had an arm injury on the weekend. If he's not named this week, are you still holding? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I've got other issues to, to fix up. I've got a, a nice Rabideau center in my back line who I thought was going to have a, have a huge game this week, but didn't. And then he's got a pretty tough draw. So I think Gagai for me is is probably the big trade target. And then we'll look at uh, moving Barnett on if and when the time comes, but there's not many other options to pick up. I've already got uh, Madison, Papali'i, Barnett for round 13. I'm looking at picking up James Fisher-Harris as well. So uh, I think it's more of a case of there's no one there to pick, pick up for him that, that's saving him. But after round 13, definitely be moving him on. Mate, you mentioned uh, your skipper this weekend, James Tedesco, or your skipper last weekend. Uh, a lot of people... Probably this weekend as well, looking at the matchup. <laughs> Broncos, yeah, fair shout. Uh, mate, a lot of people obviously traded out James Tedesco a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, there, there, was, there was some serious form worries there. He'd lost a heap of money. I think people sort of panicked to some extent. I know that the two of us, we both kept James Tedesco, paid dividends this weekend. I mean, 130. Didn't score a try as well. Cost me a multi, but it was great to see uh, him back to his super coach best. Do you think people are going a little bit backwards trying to get him back in now for a guy like Clint Gutherson? 100%, mate, 100%. You traded in Gutho for, for Tedesco for the round 13 coverage. Um, but, yeah, look, I think it's just a, a wasting of two trades to go uh, Teddy to to Gutho and then back to him two weeks later or so. But, yeah, I, I think people are, are trying to jump back on the wagon. And, unfortunately, I think it's, it's set sail. I mean, he's, he's 526K now. Uh, who would have thought that he would have had a green arrow next to his name considering the break even was 120. But 
good to see him back. But yeah, I think I think you've, you've missed Teddy. You've missed him. He's going to play Origin. He's going to be in the same mold as Munster and Fafita. So just just wait. Mate, let's fast forward 10 weeks' time. Who are your two ideal fullbacks you want to have? Probably KP and Turbo, looking at the draws and the run home. Uh, the Knights have a pretty great run home, and if they're fighting for finals footy, they'll be wanting to, to play great every week, and uh, we know how damaging he is. But it's a case of other issues in my side. If I can go a couple of weeks without making trades, and I've got a couple stashed, I can look at swapping my fullbacks in and out per week. Um, but if I've got other issues, look, I'm, I'm not going to say no to a Tedesco, uh, Travojevic run home. It worries me not owning a guy like Luttrell or Brian Pappenhausen, but uh, I'm not going to say no to, to these two uh, with with the, the form that they've shown in prior years. Mate, you mentioned Caelan Ponga there, obviously uh, one of the best left-side uh, footballers in our game. He's unbelievable. And when Caelan Ponga's on the field, it's that left edge for the Newcastle Knights that is just unbelievable. Featuring Bradman Best, uh, he's a guy that you've got in your team at the moment. What are you seeing with Best at the moment? Not that, not his best. Uh, two line breaks in the weekend through a 54, which is troubling. Uh, shifting him to the wing. I mean, I know we had some injuries, but we know how destructive he can be. We need KP to come back, and it's just, it's not working. I mean, it's a, it's a horrid time. I think I went uh, Simmonson out for Lomax, who got injured, and I've gone Lomax to best, who hasn't really paid dividends. So it's it's struggle straight for him. Struggle straight for all my centers this week, looking at him. No one scored above 55. I mean, Toto had a poor week. Laurie had a poor week. Fergo had a poor week. Bess had a poor week. So a, a staple in my side, which has always been my center wings. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just hasn't fired this week, and uh, yeah, Best has probably highlighted that with the potential that he has. We know how destructive he is as a ball runner, and as the opposition right side center slash winger, uh, you don't want to be coming up against him. But Newcastle is not getting their best out of their footy players. And I said this to you off camera. Uh, I think Mitchell Pierce people just continue to underrate him and how much of an effect he has on this side. Mate, it's unbelievable how much of a different football team they are with him. They are so more exciting and thrilling when they have KP, but I just can't see them competing with any of the top sides unless Mitchell Pierce is in that side. Yeah, look, KP is the one that's going to put the points on the board for you, but Mitchell Pierce is the one that gets you in the position to put to put those points on. So uh, they need those two back desperately. And, and unfortunately for Kurt Mann, we know how good he played last year as a, as a backing up half, but having the main responsibility now with Phoenix Crosland next to him, it's just not the same football as it was last year, is it? No, mate, no doubt about it. And from one 5'8 that's struggling at the moment to a 5'8 that was flying, got moved to centre this week, your boy Adam Dewey. Uh, I mean, we all sort of scratched our heads last week and it was a fantastic performance by the Tigers. Obviously, it was woeful from the Newcastle Knights, so hard to get much of a read on it. But anyone that had Adam Dewey last week when he was named at centre, it obviously would have been a panic stations moment for people that have brought him in. And sensational. I think he scored 114 at centre on the weekend. It was a really impressive performance by him. Mate, I, in my key head-to-head matchup, looking at Friday, I saw that I was up against the, the right side attack of Dewey and Nofaluma. And I thought, sweet, like this will be, this will be nice. I'll, I'll manage to, to get a couple of points on him when they score poor. And uh, Nofo scored 75, Dewey scored 114 or something. And yeah, Mike McGuire is probably sitting uh, in his coaching box looking smug as ever, isn't he? 
Mate, without a doubt, I, I'm just going to pull you up there, only because I have David Nofaluma. He, he scored a try and only scored 53. I must say, I was really disappointed in that. I, this is a guy I've sort of brought in as a bit of a pot out there. I love that there's Leilua, then you've got Dewey, then you've got David Nofaluma out there. It just looks like a star-studded edge, but we've got Nofaluma with a try, 53. We've got Leilua scoring 47. It was a little. I've got both of those in my side. It was extremely disappointing for me. Remember that no, no, that Nofalima try wasn't with a line break either. So that does change it a little bit. It was only a 17-point playoff as it was off a kick. But, um, yeah, I thought Nofo scored more than that. Honestly, I probably should have looked at that. But, yeah, we, we know him as that 40, 45-point base, that monster. Uh, but just not doing it this year. And a guy that I told a lot of people to bring in as a, as a round 13 sort of option, I'm still probably looking at him. But, yeah, just we need that sort of pick up and... Adam Dewey uh, doesn't have the the greatest pass IQ. He's, he's in a Wunga, blog, a Wunga Blake mold, but for, for owners of Dewey, that's that's perfect because he'll just take the line on. And uh, mate, we've said it for a couple of weeks: is is Adam Dewey a poor man's Jack White? But is it, is it the other way around now? Is Jack White the poor man's Adam Dewey? The way they're playing, mate. Potentially, I, I still, as much as they won, I still can't believe he's not playing five eight. And, and mate, I've been the biggest advocate to move him to center, but his form, I don't know how you could move him, especially for Mo Zimbai. I mean. And if Moses and Byers found his best position, I'm sorry, West Tigers, what on earth has taken so long for you to work out that he should be playing 5'8"? He's been there for years. It's crazy. I think it's I think it's more of a case that the fact that um, Madge might have been rolling the dice on Luke Brooks, mm. being like, if you can't provide to us with a half and you can't provide to us on your own, then there's no place for you in this side. And we saw Jock Madden debut off the bench. Didn't really get a whole lot of time to do anything, but... Uh, yeah, I think that that may have been a move to signal that Brooks is maybe on the chopping block, but got the best out of them. The Knights didn't play fantastic, but that doesn't take anything away from how well the Tigers played. But it's very interesting the Tigers at the moment. You've obviously got Jock Madden coming off the bench. He's a brilliant little footballer. I think he's got a lot to offer. The other guy in New South Wales Cup is Zach Docker Clay. He's been unreal for the last few weeks, so they're not short on options. There's plenty of guys there. And the other thing about Zach Docker Clay, the thing that I like about him, I think he's 26, 27. He's been around the traps. He's got a bit more of a mature head. So, I mean, if Luke Brooks was on the chopping block, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Uh, Jamal Fowarty type player. I'd spent... A lot of time in reserve grade come yep. in and provide straight away in a row with a, with an experienced head on him. Uh, Zach Dock and Clay, yeah. I really like what I see from him as well. Mate, uh, another name that's been thrown around, a famous name in North Queensland, Bowen. Of course, Jarvid Bowen, he's come in the last few weeks. What are you seeing here? Not a whole lot, in all honesty, if I'm going to be brutally honest. I, I don't watch many Cowboys games because I'd rather watch paint dry. But looking at some of his scores, yeah, he scored okay. But I think the fact that people are just jumping on 186k cheapy, uh, surely people have made enough cash by now to... To, to free up money that we don't need to go to Java Bowen, surely, especially with round 13 coming up. Yeah, he's one that doesn't interest me in the slightest, mate. One, guy... one off the run sheet, mate, that I'll touch on. Yep. That that's, was a star last week that came back down to earth this week, Jason Tamuelo. Uh, I think people jumped on him a little bit too early. Yep. Uh, with no round 13, I was happy to wait many, many weeks, and I think people may have jumped on after one great game. And uh, yeah, back to earth this week. He's one of those guys that I think at some point he could pay dividends and people will be geniuses, but I just think there's too much risk around it. You don't know, you don't know what's going on up there at the moment. He could pay dividends, but everyone else could pick him up at 400k. Yeah, like that's that's the that's the problem with Tamalolo and the way he's playing right now. I feel, mate. Another forward that I've been very impressed by. I know I've got him in my team. I'm not sure if you do. Um, Luke Thompson. He has been unreal the last few weeks. Did you did did you get on him or not? I told everyone too, and as usual, I didn't because I had other issues, but he's been phenomenal. Uh, I think the fact that he didn't play round 13 put me off, but yep. um, I'll definitely be having him in the run home. I could probably look at moving on 
uh, a Matt Lodge for a Luke Thompson if we can free up the cash. Uh, Matt Thompson, uh, Matt Lodge, sorry, is 400k and Luke Thompson's at 550. So if, if we can find some cash, uh, I'll be looking at going Lodge to Thompson after round 13. Mate, after round 13 with Luke Thompson, the only thing I'm worried about is that they'll obviously have a lot more troops back. You'll have uh, you'll have Josh Jackson return. I think Corey Waddell's been sensational through the middle. Are we worried about Luke Thompson dropping off again after all these guys return? That's what I want to look at. I want to see yeah. how Barrett uses Josh Jackson when he comes back. I mean, Adam Elliott's been pretty great this year as well. Uh, I think the Bulldogs looked good on the weekend. They, they threw a game away they should have won uh, up against 11 men and still lost, but... Uh, I'm, I want to see how Luke Thompson goes with the troops back. And I think, has has Dylan Napa returned yet? Did did he play on the weekend? Uh, I think he did. I, I want to say he did. Now. Um, yeah. Because they, they, they did have a number of guys out a few weeks ago. But even uh, even still, I think Luke Thompson's a guy that you can play 65 minutes in the front row and rotate your other guys, rotate your your CMN for the guy and you could and rotate your Napa and, yeah. and your Hetherington when he comes back and your Ogden as well. Just having a look at it now, uh, Dylan Napa didn't play. I think the other guy that's really stepped up recently has been a Tony. I mean, I've watched this guy for a number of years and really didn't think there was much to him, but he's been playing really well, hasn't he? Yeah, run off of Tony, he was, he's been great. Uh, that that whole entire rotation around Luke Thompson's been interesting. As we said, there's there's that Arva Seamanifer guy, there's Dylan Napa, there's Hedrington when he comes back, run off of Tony, uh, there's Offa Higgy Ogden. So there's a lot of middles that, I'm not worried that I'm going to take minutes away from Thompson because I feel like Barrett's just going to interchange them. I think we know how crucial Thompson is to Barrett's system. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Josh Jackson comes back. I feel that's going to be the biggest telling point. Mate, you mentioned uh, not playing round 13 being a negative for Luke Thompson. A positive for Dane Laurie is that he plays round 13, a guy that just about everyone has. Uh, you know, are people starting to look towards moving Dane Laurie on? Like, personally, I don't think you could do it before round 13. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are. I mean, 4.7% of trade amount so far. Um, he's still 476K. I think he's got a pretty high break even this week thanks to a port score. Yeah, 109. And they play the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors leak points to fullback, so there could be time to hold Laurie, personally. Mate, what about Reid Marnie? Um, you, you mentioned but before we picked up the mic today, I had no idea. I assumed he was up around 6, 650 with the footy he's been playing this year. He's at 530K, as you told me. Not a bad, uh, not a bad gig there. No, if you've got if you've held someone like a Simkin and he doesn't get any game time between now and round thirteen, if you can find the cash, move Simkin on for Red Marnie. I feel like he could be um, a borderline keeper. I feel round seventeen for buy rounds isn't going to provide much for hookers um, apart from no one off the top of my head. Uh, I think Harry Grant is in the Storm play round thirteen. Jaden Braley and the Knights play round thirteen. Red Marnie and the Eels play round thirteen. So they're probably the three that I'd look at keeping for the rest of the season. So you might you might run no hookers for round seventeen, and you could run a Braley uh, mining combination. But yeah, five hundred and thirty k for the footy he's been playing. Scored forty five on the weekend. Was robbed of that try assist line break assist for for Regan Campbell Guards try. Uh, definitely see a well where you pick him up. Mate, Reid Mooney, I can't believe how much he has improved this year. Another one that I sort of thought was a bit of a meat and potatoes hooker, but for me, the absolute king of meat and potatoes hooker last year was Jaden Braley. And we, we spoke off mic before. I mean, if you go back three or four years ago, you got Blake and Jaden Braley at the Sharks at the same time. And the Sharks made the decision to keep Blake and let Jaden go. And, mate, I couldn't have criticized them at all for that decision. Blake looked like he was going to be a superstar. The game has moved towards Blake. All of a sudden, Jaden, he's just, he's just uncovered skills that I never knew he had anyway. He has been unbelievable this season, hasn't he? All right, seven, uh, 74 average. We picked him up for the low 200s. Um, I'm, I'm putting him as the buy of the year so far after 10 rounds. 
Mate, especially in that position where there were so many people that went. Harry Grant, there was dramas there. There were so many people that went. Damian Cook, he's been down. Jaden Braley, he has been sensational. Yeah. Watson and Lockie Lamb were also popular options during the preseason. But, yeah, Jaden Braley, I'm not going to begrudge the Sharks for keeping Blake Braley. He's still so young and still can develop. Uh, and the fact that Jaden Braley is 25, probably you look at keeping the younger one with the more upside. But the Knights have picked up a, a real star here and, uh, if I was picking the origin side, I'm not a New South Welshman, but if I was picking it based off form, you, you've got to pick Broly over Cook, surely. I mean, on form, it's hard to argue with. I would still go with Cook personally, but as I said to you before, if Freddie was to go Jaden Bradley, I don't think I'd be upset, and I don't think I, I could push back on it at all. He's been unreal. Mate, the last guy I want to ask you about, uh, he's a guy that we both spoke about over the last few weeks. You put the idea in my head, and thank God we both dodged this bullet. Josh Maguire, the moose, uh, looking at a five-week break. I know a number of people have brought him in over the last few weeks. He was scoring well before that, but I think if there's anyone that under these new interpretations of the rules you can't go near, it has to be Josh Maguire, doesn't it? Talk about meat and potatoes footballers, mate. Josh, Josh McGuire is is that 60 to 65 points week in, week out. But yeah, I, mean, I was looking at him personally because of that safe score uh, with the round 13 eligibility. But uh, I think you posed the question, would he make the Queensland side? That's not going to be an issue now, mate. Yeah, up to five weeks on the sideline. If you had to, to give me a name of someone that's going to get a uh, long time on the sideline, he'd probably want to be one of the first names I picked after these new rule interpretations. No, oh, mate, he'd be right up there with the very best of them. Uh, mate, we've obviously got Teamless Tuesday dropping this afternoon. I know you think it's going to be absolute carnage this afternoon. If you could have one thing on your wish list to come true this afternoon, what would it be? Uh, Sean Law back in the starting side, obviously came back in the first grade team on the weekend. Didn't do too much, but uh, for super coaches and, and a Tigers feeding myself, I'd love to see Sean Bloor get some more minutes. Mate, he, he really is a special talent, isn't he? Uh, mate, I, I still remember the day he stood up um, on his debut. So, yeah, I really want to see more of him. And uh, if that's for Luke Garner, so be it. Um, I still think Luke Garner's a fine footballer. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to see Sean Bloor and Luciano on the edges. That would wreak havoc. There is a couple of whispers around Garner that there might be a potential injury this week. So hopefully we do see Bloor. That would be great for my classic and draft sides. I've been waiting a long time for him to return. Or even if we play with the uh, the guru idea of putting 12 back in the front row and Luciano at 13, that may free up a spot on the edge. I would love to see it, mate. But I, I also love seeing him on that right side with so many points. But we're also not seeing the best out of Lucci out there. I don't know. It's a really tough one. Interesting to see how it plays out, mate. Can't wait for Teamless Tuesday this afternoon. I think you'll be joining us again over the next day or two and we'll talk, talk buy, hold, sells heading into round 11. Sounds good, mate. We'll, we'll see you then.